Welcome to Secrets of Tomorrow's Leaders. I'm Corin Young at RK Studios. This podcast is produced in partnership with JCI Santa Clarita and is available on YouTube, Facebook, iTunes Podcast, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Our guest today is Paul Butler, one of the co-owners of New Leaf Training and Development. He's a staff training and leadership company headquartered in Valencia, California. Prior to starting New Leaf in 2006, he previously served in senior leadership positions with Hilton and Marriott Hotels in Europe as well as in North America. Paul is a member of the Chartered Institute of Management Accountants and the Chartered, Chartered Global Management Accountants. He married in 1994, and Paul and his wife Gaynor have two children, Brody and Henry. He's doing a training for JCI Santa Clarita on June 29th from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. It's on business financial intelligence, and it's all through Zoom from the comfort of your own home. Paul, that's a long introduction, but uh, thanks for joining us. Welcome. Oh, Corin, I'm delighted to be here today. And uh, for those of you that uh, I don't know, I'm originally from England, in case you think I have a speech impediment. Uh, if you've ever been to England, I'm specifically from Stratford-upon-Avon, where Shakespeare's from. Um, Billy Shakes, as we used to call him as schoolboys, sounded rather rebellious at the time, not so much now. And uh, a lot of people say to me, um, they find it hard to believe that I'm an accountant. They say, gosh, you've got far too much personality to be an accountant. <laughs> You know, when I, when I was reading that you were a member of these accounting companies, I didn't realize that you had an accounting background. I just assumed that you had some kind of, you know, came from other management type positions. But uh, yeah. what, what, what were you doing in accounting before uh, you got into uh, training and development? Yeah, so I was I qualified with PricewaterhouseCoopers or PwC as they're often uh -huh. referred to in London. And then I worked for Hilton Hotels for quite a few years and went up the ranks with them and um, became a regional finance director. So I had about 60 of the hotels in Western Europe. And then they brought me over here, um, actually after 9-11, seems like a lifetime ago now. And I came over as the finance director for Hilton Honours, which is now actually the world's largest loyalty program. That was when Hilton's worldwide headquarters was based in Beverly Hills. And Hilton rented a home for us. And I, I can't remember how, but we just discovered Valencia. So we were here just for those two years. And then we went back to England in 2003. And then my wife and I said, gee, we don't say gee in England, by the way. I'm just translating now because I'm completely bilingual. We said, gee, you know, on the basis you've only got one life on this earth, why not be where you want to be, do what you want to be doing with who you want to be doing it with. And so we set ourselves a goal to just sell everything and move back to America. And so we moved back over here on an entrepreneur's visa, which was a really tough visa to get. And, um, you know, as you mentioned in your kind introduction, we've uh, been blessed with a tremendous start in business. So basically that's to answer your question about what I was doing before we started a training and development company. Yeah, you know, you would think that working for these different hotels that you'd have a chance to travel the world and see so many amazing places and then working in Beverly Hills. And of all the places in the world, you chose Santa Clarita to move to. Well, little fun fact, Cor, and if you can picture the scene, my wife and I had this beautiful old cottage um, in the centre of England in Stratford-upon-Avon. It was built in 1612. And um, as I say, picture the scene, we were back in England in 2003 and we mm -hmm. decided we wanted to get back to America. And we went down to our local village store and we bought a binder and we wrote on the binder the Get Back to Santa Clarita plan. No way. All right. 
So uh, you've been here 14 years uh, as the co-owner of New Leaf Training and Development. How have things kind of grown and changed for you? Or, like over the last 14 years, that's been a really changing time in, in this country and, and locally. Yeah. So how, how's that been for you? Well, um, we're so grateful, Corey. When we started, as you heard, in 2006, and um, just as we started getting going in business, that thing called the Great Recession started. That's right. And even though we dropped about 30 40% in sales, which, of course, you know, wouldn't be surprising for a service like ours, which is um, not essential for businesses, but we managed to hold on and we did okay. And then just as we were kind of growing out of that, uh, coming out of that recession, um, we started going out to, uh, you know, we were having dinner with different friends in in, uh, the US and they would say these two words that we'd never heard together, uh, college funds. And we were like, what? College funds. And I was like, what? Because in England, it's completely different. You know, our public education is essentially free even through the university levels. Mm-hmm. And so my point being is this, we had to divert a lot of cash into the kids' college funds. They both graduated from uh, local, fairly expensive private universities. Um, so we weren't able to grow much more, you know, through acquisition or anything like that. We just were diverting a lot of cash into the college funds. And then thankfully, both of the kids are off the payroll now. They both graduated last year. Our daughter Congrats. from Azusa. Oh, thanks. Our daughter from Azusa Pacific. Uh, she's actually going to go on to med school next. And then our daughter from Chapman University down in Orange. She works for MGM Studios as a financial analyst. And uh, my point being is, is that in the last three years, we actually um, launched a second office. And that's over in Florida. And hopefully what we'd love to be able to do, our plan is in 2022, we want to have a third office and we're thinking probably somewhere in Texas and then probably four or five years after that, we then want to uh, open a fourth and final office, which we're thinking in Colorado, probably Denver, and then, you know, potentially maybe 12, 15 years from now, sell the whole business. My goodness. Okay. So with, with locations all over the place, do you actually have to travel when you do your training or do is it all online? Like obviously these days are a little bit different. but um, Until obviously all the COVID situation, we were doing about, um, about 70% of our work in person, you know, on site for clients. And so we've now served clients in 28 states and in China, India, three countries in Western Europe and Australia. But what we've noticed in the last three or four months with the COVID situation is we've flipped from doing like 30% of our work online to now doing virtually 100% of it online. Although we are starting to see some bookings coming back now where they want us to do work on site. Cool. One thing that I'm wondering, you said you've been training in 28 states and all kinds of different countries. Are there any uh, consistencies that you notice with the organizations that hire you to do these trainings, anything that they have in common and what are the, the differences? Yeah. Well, it's not just companies actually. I mean, about 50% five zero of our um, client base are corporations. So it'd be inappropriate to call out names now, but they're all on our website. So these are large public, usually publicly traded corporate organizations, probably 30% of our clients are large educational establishments. And these could be private, or public, and then the other 20% seems to be made up of government or quasi-government entities. 
Um, I think some of the common things that we've seen in different parts of the world is just the vital importance of leadership. Um, I look at leadership rather like parenting. I mean, my wife and I are not the perfect parents, but I think we're pretty good parents. And I think when you have a functional rather than a dysfunctional household, it really comes down to good parenting. And when I've seen workplaces that are functional, it's because they've got good leadership. And of course, when I see organisations that are dysfunctional, it's because you have poor leadership. So I'm no philosopher. You know, like I said, I'm a recovering accountant. But um, what I've noticed about human behaviour is if you have bad leadership, you tend to get dysfunctional organisations because it's really the human condition. So it doesn't matter whether we're talking about Santa Clarita or we're talking about Switzerland. There's something deep down within the kind of human engine that um, if we don't have good leadership, um, we tend to get um, kind of uh, messiness really between human beings. You've done a few of these trainings for us, for, for JCI Santa Clarita. Um, I've been uh, happy to join in and, and, and learn from you. And you're doing one in a couple of weeks, and it's on business financial intelligence. What does that even mean, and why is that important? It's actually a secret. Oh, the secret. <laughs> well, that's, that's why you're here, Paul. Um, we're, I often think that... Um, Business financial intelligence, I often refer to it as being a mindset because it's really the way that we think as employees, but it's also a skill set. In other words, you have to actually do something that very few employees have and, and all organizations need because it doesn't matter whether you're a corporate entity or an educational entity or a government entity. Every single organization needs to make sure that its income is bigger than its expenses, that its assets are bigger than its liabilities, and it needs to make sure that it has sufficient cash flow. And so um, with regard to this particular subject, business financial intelligence, I often say that um, employees can only make so much contribution based on their technical competence. If you're an engineer or an architect or a, you know, a teacher um, you know, a call center worker, you can only make so much contribution based on your technical knowledge. But over and above that, you need to be really good at managing yourself. And if you're good at managing yourself, you might be given that kind of noble, honorable responsibility to lead others. But I'd like to say that the kind of icing on top of the cake is really business financial intelligence because you can go to the highest high in an organization. You can actually traverse across departments. You can even go across the world when you've got a sharp business financial intelligence because one of the wonderful thing about finance, Corin, and I did say the word wonderful and finance in the same sentence, is yeah. that really it's a universal language. All that changes is the accents and the spelling. That's funny. You know, it, as a small business owner myself, I've realized that the things that I'm good at are, you know, doing the work. So I'm doing video production and, you know, I could do that stuff. But like the, the businessy part of it, you know, running a business is the stuff that's very uh, scary and intimidating mm. and tough for me. You know, things like uh, coming up with uh, estimates and invoicing and all that stuff. You know, they say that nine out of 10 small businesses fail within the first five years. And if you actually double click on that and do the research as to why those small businesses fail, one of the top five reasons why nine out of 10 small businesses fail within the first five years is not a lack of ideas. 
It's not a lack of technical competence. It's actually not a lack of managing yourself or a lack of being able to influence others. It's actually a lack of business acumen, sometimes called business financial intelligence. Um, most small business owners, of course, they can get, um, you know, there might be a plumber working for another plumbing company. And then one day they decide, hey, you know what, I'll start up my own plumbing company. And then what happens is they become successful and they just become exhausted plumbers rather than actually the old phrases you probably heard is like working on the business rather than working in the business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so part of this thing that we're going to be looking at on the 29th is really how do you run a business, which is business financial intelligence, rather than running in the business. Okay. So that, the that sounds, yeah, that, okay, so that sounds pretty fascinating. Uh, I'll sign up. So it's July 29th from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., Business Financial Intelligence. Uh, Paul Butler from New Leaf Training and Development will be doing this for JCI Santa Clarita. I'm excited. Thank you so much for doing that and for joining us on this podcast today. I'm looking forward very much to doing it, Corin. And thanks again for all the work that you do for the JCIs. And uh, it's a real pleasure to work with the J JCIs. Yeah, likewise. We'll, uh, we'll see you soon. Cheers, Corin. <laughs>